Hey, welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James and ask a few questions, as well as hear some additional thoughts from our weekly teaching. Reverend. Hello, Shane. How are you this morning, man? Doing pretty good. That's good. You, uh, you get your jacket out? Uh, uh, they're ready. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. going to be cold tomorrow. It's going to be in the 30s tomorrow and Thursday. Supposed to be. Yep, I'm going to have to try to find some time to go hunting yeah. if I can. Hit the woods, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, backstrap for all. Yep, just provide yeah. for my family. That, well, I mean, like church family, but That's yeah, for right. sure. That too. Um, well, man, hey, before we get started, real quick, I think I can speak for all of us up here um, to say to our church family, um, thank you for the encouragement, um, the cards, the letters, the phone calls, the texts, whatever it is that that we've received. Um, I know for me, uh, I'm very much a words of encouragement guy. Um, and so just to hear like, hey, I love you, like things like that. Like it's just I've I've been like super I've, I've been up there, you know, your um, love tank is full. My love tank is very full. And yeah. so I, it, I just, it's been awesome. And our, our church always does a great job that I've, I've seen in, since we've been here of just loving on us really well and reminding us of that. And so Sunday was a testament, I think, to that of just yeah. them reminding us. Um, that they love us, support us, hear for us. And so that's always, you know, cake. cake's a great statement cake too. Cake is and very so good. The cake was good as well. So, yeah, all of that, just everything they do for us is um, they definitely need to know how appreciative and um, thankful we are you yeah. know, for that. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, this week we're in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. Just to dive into some questions with you this morning. Um Right off the bat, I think that you see there is a tension here in this passage uh, between using grace in the right right context and then possibly abusing grace. Uh, I think that no one looks at their life and says, "Yeah, I'm going to abuse grace." Um, but I think that we find ourselves there sometimes. Like, how do you how do you think that we find ourselves there? Yeah, I think this and this was when I was getting ready for the the sermon. There is this tension. That, that happens that with grace of, and I think this is why sometimes churches tend to err on the side of legalism and things because there's this tension of if if I declare grace for what it is, um, it's easily abused. I mean, well, and I think we see that a testament to why Paul has to address it here in Titus. He addresses this same thing in Romans because he's preaching and, and writing on grace, the goodness of grace. Is, it's nothing that you could have done. It is only by grace it is what Christ has done for you. It's not about your performance. It's not about your effort. It's because you, you can never be good enough, and so it, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with Jesus. Man, that is wonderful news. I mean, that is why the gospel is good news. And But we see the tension in Romans where he says, "What in, in the beginning of chapter 6, he says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? And he says, By no means. And it's the same thing in Titus here. He's addressing the grace, talks about how it saves us, but then he moves into... But grace also trains us to renounce ungodliness and sin. And so there's this tension I think we feel in our own life. And I, I would just say, I mean, you know, I can be honest here. I mean, I know I've abused grace more than I would like to admit. Yeah. And and I don't think we intentionally come with this idea of like, today I'm going to abuse grace. But I think so, subtly in our minds sometimes we're like, you know what? I, I feel like I've been a decent person lately. You know, if I want to indulge in sin or watch something I shouldn't or say something I shouldn't, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, God's grace um, covers, and His grace does cover, but also His grace is given to us to change us and mold us to make us look like Jesus. And so 
I, I, that's what I felt the whole time preaching it. Of it, it's, and I think that's that constant tension of proclaiming grace, biblical grace of what it is, and it does meet us. Right, you don't have to change, you don't have to display something. I mean, it meets us exactly where we are in our sin, our rebellion, our fallenness, our fallenness. But I think I said this Sunday, but yet the true biblical grace never leaves us there either. Yeah. It, it 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 takes us and transforms us, and so there's that. I think. It's just that constant tension we're going to have to live with, you know, mm-hmm. of going back and forth between embracing grace, understanding it is only grace, but that grace also changes us too, you know. Yeah. Piggybacking off that idea of grace, um, why do you think we're so quick to look for grace, like extended toward us, and we're sometimes hesitant to extend it towards others? Yeah, I think that's something we all do. You know, of course we want grace. Yeah. You know, we and we want people to show us grace when we when we fail, when we mess up, when we do these things. And I, it just seems so crazy though that many of the times when it's other people, we tend to withhold grace, mm-hmm. um, or when we see people mess up, we don't come alongside them and show grace. We either judge, condemn, whatever it may be. And, and I, I think um, uh, Paul Tripp says this. Um, I may be, the quote may not be completely exactly how he yeah, says it. Paraphrasing. Paraphrasing what he says. But he says, the people who give grace the best is the people that recognize their own need for grace. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing, even we mentioned Sunday, of like of why we need to preach to ourselves the gospel of grace over and over again. Because it's like the more and more I recognize how desperately I need grace, how desperately grace met me in my sin, in my rebellion, in, in all the things. And I mean, for all of us, I mean, when we think back on all the things that we've, like when I was working on the sermon, I just started like tearing up in my office of like, God, all the things that I know I've done in my life. And yet you've still called me to do this thing of preaching and minister. And it's like, this is, this really is only by grace. And it, but how so often I can forget that, and then yeah. I don't show grace to others. And it's this, I think it's another tension that we, it's like, I think the more and more we we remind ourselves, we preach grace to ourselves. hopefully the more we stand in awe of God's grace for us, that it should motivate us yeah. to then extend that to others, you know? Absolutely. As, uh, Bob Goff has a book called yeah. Everybody Always, yep. um, and he talks about just loving people well. And one of the things he mentions is, um, if you go to somewhere like Los Angeles and you run into a few rude people, most of the time in your mind, it's like, well, most of L.A. or all of L.A. is probably just rude. Um, and I think that that this aspect has kind of bled over sometimes, and it's given Christians as a whole a bad rap. Um, and that's one thing that Bob Goff says in that book is, like, we should be so loving to people that whenever they meet us, um, how did he say it, that, that we should be able to, make them feel like they just met everyone in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, that extension of grace, uh, I think that we need to find that more in our lives. Um, well, I think that's why in the passage, I mean, he's, he's addressing grace here. And then in the next couple of weeks when we dive into Titus more, he, he actually is going to say this, uh, speaking on our, our the way that we act toward, and it says this, it says that uh, we speak no evil of no one and showing perfect courtesy toward all people. Yeah. Well, the only way I can actually live that out when we'll, we'll pick that apart when we looked at that on Sunday, but like 
if I don't understand the gospel of grace and I have not received grace and grace has not met me, grace, mm-hmm. the grace of in, in the person of Jesus has not changed my heart, there's no way that I can actually begin to show courtesy to, he says, all people. So, you know, all people, that means all people. All people. Right. And so, I mean, there's no way that we're going to be able to do that if we're not ourselves been changed and affected by grace. And yeah. so I think for a lot of it is just reminding ourselves of, and I think that was the whole thing Sunday, was we don't graduate from grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, and I, I think it's a sin, I, I think it's uh, still this tension between I am I am saved, but there's still we still live in a sinful, broken, fallen world, and there's this tendency for us to forget that I still need grace, Yeah, um, that I stand in grace, I'm to live in grace. And so um, I think that's kind of the, the thing that we have to remind ourselves. Yeah. Um, Sunday, you referenced Kanye West. Um, and I think if you look on social media, if you look on the, it really, if you, anywhere you turn, conversations, whatever it is, um, you see some people very much so embracing him. And then you have other people saying, I don't know, we're just going to wait this out and really see how this plays out. Um, why do you think that is? I mean, we've kind of hit on it, but. Well, I think that this, and the reason why I used it, actually, I went back and re-edited my sermon because he dropped the the album, I think on Friday, Yeah, Jesus is King. And so he dropped the album. I started listening to it, and I started reading a few articles, and I ended up changing my whole point one after because I want it, because I think that exemplifies exactly what we're talking about, that we, we obviously desperately want grace for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but then when it comes to a guy like Kanye, I, you know, and like we said Sunday, like if, if the grace of God isn't good enough for Kanye, then the grace of good of God is not good enough for us. Yeah. Because, and I think that's the same thing, this delusion that we think, oh, well, of course, I, I deserve grace. Yeah, I'm a first-round draft pick. Yeah, yeah of, of course. course. But then when we start to think of other people, sometimes we tend to think that. But, you know, I think there's there's that whole tension that, that we find in this whole conversation. And, and I'll just say this personally for me when I first, I remember I first started seeing he did those Sunday services. Yeah. And I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I hadn't. I've read a bunch of articles, but when I first started seeing it, they all kind of wear the same clothes, and and I think they were in the desert doing it. And I, I was like, man, that kind of looks kind of cultish. And so I didn't really un- know. And then it's like the more is things start to come out, and you start to read. He's dropping this album. And you're like, is this is this for real? And then uh, I read an article about how he started coming to this church in L.A. and and how the pastor. And it was just, and you know, I mean. Could it not be real? It may not be real, but I, man, I think it's legit. I heard an interview on YouTube from um, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Kimmel basically asked him this question. He says, "Are you a Christian artist now?" And he says, "Man, I'm a Christian everything." Yeah. And I thought that was, man, what a I mean, because that's what Christianity doesn't just affect my job or what I do. And I think kind of expressed that was like, "Hey, this isn't just affecting my music. Like this is affecting every facet of my life." Yeah. But you know, I think it's an example of. I think I mentioned it Sunday was like the prodigal son, mm-hmm. you know. I, I mean, because I think there are some Christians that are like that, like you said. Of let's wait and see. Let's say let's wait and see if we see fruit from this. Yeah, it, you know, and then th- then we'll kind of mark our thing. Well, that's not the gospel of grace, and we see that example in the prodigal son. I mean, think about the the father before the son <coughs> proved anything. Yeah, he. That's what grace does. Is that before we've proved anything, before we've shown any fruit, grace meets us and met the prodigal son. Now we see the older brother yeah. exemplifies. A lot, I think a lot of attitude of Christians nowadays, and for me as well, of, of like, well, you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves celebrating this thing. 
And so I think it's just, hey, let's celebrate um, that God changes life. And, and he, it, what seems to be very clear is that he's changed Kanye's life. Like yeah. even on Jimmy Kimmel, like I know this, he cussed on Jimmy Kimmel. And then right after he cusses, he's like, I'm so sorry I shouldn't have yeah. done that. Like when, when is that ever happening? Uh, you know, and it's like <laughs> even even just to see that of like, man, that's crazy that he like says that and immediately apologizes. Like yeah. I shouldn't have said that, you know. And so obviously we're all in a process of sanctification. But, I, you know, so anyway, I, when it all that, I was just like, man, I think this fits in perfectly with grace, just the whole conversation that's happening really all over with about Kanye. And um, I think he says it in, his, in one of his songs, and I think it's the same we need to pray for him, you know, because yeah. I, I can't imagine. I mean, think how hard it is for all of us to live our life in process of sanctification, and think if we were on that big of a microscope, we're literally, I mean, people are going to, I mean, are literally going to, if he does anything, people are immediately going to yeah. be like, see, he's not. Mm-hmm. And that's not very gracious, and at all, you know. And so I think I couldn't imagine what what he's going through right now. And so he does need our prayer for sure. Absolutely. Um, you you talked about passion Sunday. Um, I'm very passionate about the Astros. Uh, we talked about this some last week. They're in the World Series. Last Tuesday did not go like I wanted it to. Mm. Hoping this Tuesday does. Um, but, you know, I, I let people know that I'm passionate. Like, I'm wearing an Astros jersey right now. Um, I'm making plans to go to Houston if they win this thing, to, not to the parade, just the next season. I'm not, I'm not that passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sunday, one of the things that, that you said that stuck out to me was that one of the things that the church in America is missing is we don't have a genuine passion for Jesus. And so do you have any additional thoughts on that? Do you have any more hot takes on that, mm-hmm. anything? Yeah, so that 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 that's what I would say. Out of I mean, all of it was convicting to me and, and challenging. But that when it got to that part, because in in the passage he basically says like, "Hey, Jesus Christ came to redeem us, not just to make us holy, not just to clean us up, not just to reconcile us to the Father, but he says this to bring together a people who are zealous, who are passionate for good works." And so this is should be something that flows from our life. And we said not not some fake, um, flashy superficial thing, but just a genuine, deep commitment and passion for Jesus um, should come should come from our life. Um, but I think we see for a lot of times is, is that coming across? Um, I think I asked the question Sunday, like if people looked into our life, would they see a genuine passion for Jesus? Yeah. And if the answer is no, there's a problem because that's why grace was given to us is, is to change our affections, to give us brand new affections, brand new passions, and they're to be directed toward, toward Jesus. And so I think that was for me, the, the, the challenge, but like, even let, let's think about, think about this just practically of, you know, you like the Astros. Yeah. So, so let me, let me ask this question if I can, I know you asked the questions, but um, like in the, in, in the last week, how often do you think you've thought about the Astros? Um, I mean, you, you don't Probably. have to, like, get specific, but, you know. Uh, a, a good bit. A good bit, yeah. right. And so usually, whether it's LSU football, I mean, any hunting, it doesn't matter what hobby, what, what we tend to be passionate and about things that we think about a lot, things that we read about a lot, things that we focus our life on. And so that's usually what gets our passion. And so even, I would say, even just practically for us, we, we this is why we need grace to help change our affections in, in, in this. But I think this is why the Scripture a lot of times tells us to meditate on the Lord, meditate on His Word, think about it. Because yeah. I think we tend to, 
be passionate about the things that we dwell on, we think about, we focus on. Mm-hmm. And so when, obviously, I'm not going to have this deep passion for Jesus if I never spend time with Jesus, yeah. if I never think about Jesus, if I never, I mean, his word, seeking him, having time set aside. And so I think for, and obviously this is why, because I think we've all, I mean, I, I admitted this Sunday, this was one of the things, even as a pastor, that I indicated when we went to men's retreat, that I, I that's what I asked the Holy Spirit for when we went. I was like, Lord, I, I need you to renew within me a new passion for you. Because I, I, I think all of us, sometimes it grows cold, but I think yeah. a lot of it can be connected back to of uh, distracted with other things. They may not be bad. Some could be sinful things. But it could just even be it could be our kids, it could be our spouses, it could be friends, it could be Astros, it could be LSU, it could it could be any of these things that we get. These aren't necessarily bad things, but we begin to make these things the ultimate thing, and so we're passionate. We talk about these things all the time. When we wonder why we don't necessarily talk about Jesus enough, uh, maybe it's because we're distracted on other things, and so that's as we indicated Sunday of why we need we need grace. To help change our affections. Yeah, I think I think one of the big things too is like it takes it takes work. Like like you said, like if if it's fake, people can tell. It's really hard to fake passion, um, and it takes work on our part. Like you're saying that we we have to be um, meditating on scripture. We have to have a consistent prayer life. It's really easy to just turn on the TV. Um, it's a little difficult to get up at five o'clock and go out into the woods, but there's an immediate reward if we see something. Um, I think that, that some of it is, well, it's a just it's just more difficult, like, you know, and, and it goes back to what we've talked about already, a little bit of abusing grace. Well, it's difficult, and, you know, I don't have another reading plan to read today, but I'll find one tomorrow because I'm a little tired today. I'm busy today. I'm these things today. Um, and I think ultimately, I think that's one of the things that we – we, we would never say as believers um, because, again, going back, like, well, of course God will save me. Like, we, we have this high view of ourself. Um, but just pulling into reality, like like you're saying, may not be sinful things that we're holding on to. It may, not, it may be simple things that we're holding on to. Either way, Hebrews says we need to cast these things away from ourselves, yeah. cast them off ourselves. Um, or and to remember idolatry is sin. And so yeah. many times we exalt and look for life and existence and things in the things not in the creator, but in the creation. Yeah, and so absolutely. that's idolatry, and idolatry very indi- you know indicated within scripture is sin. And so, yeah. and I and I think for a lot of us, you know, it, we elevate things that are decent things to God things, and um, thankful. And I think I said this Sunday, and that's the beauty of grace is that grace meets us in that of, yeah. in our failure. Mm-hmm. Because even as I talk, as you listen uh, on here, of all of us have failed at this. There are days where I wake up where I. All I want to do that day is meet with Jesus, make sure I'm thinking about Jesus, make sure I'm talking to people about Jesus, and it's all that's on my mind. There are also other days where I wake up where that's not the case. And on those days, I desperately need grace. I need grace on the other days as well. But, you know, it's just like this thing that I'm thankful for, for grace. It does meet us in – it meets us in our failure. And and that's why we need grace because we will – and it's not – when I say this, it's not to give us an excuse, but it's just it, it should motivate us, and that's what grace. I think is, what we need to allow grace to do is is that is to be is to change our inner motivation yeah. for 
where it's not like I have to do this. It's, it becomes like I want to do this, and I want I want to think of Jesus. I want to be passionate about Him. I want that to shine through more than anything else, you know, in my life. Yeah. Well, man, our last question that has nothing to do with what we talked about so far. Um, Wednesday night is our Kingdom Kids Royal Costume Ball. All right. Is there any chance that we might see Batman? Who? I don't know. I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you've never seen me and Batman in the same room. It's very true. Um, so that, you know, I don't know. I, I do have his number, so I, you know, I'll, I'll see what I can do. It may, to, may happen. It may not. You know, give old Bruce a call. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, he may be busy. You know, but you, look, you really never know. You know, um, you never know. For sure. Well, man, thanks for taking some time, uh, giving us some additional thoughts. Really appreciate you.